Good morning, church. It's been an exciting week as we've had all our missionaries from around the nations that are uh, with our church back with us. And I'm going to ask them if they could come and uh, stand behind me here on the stage. Um, I just want to thank the Faith Promise pledges, the givers, all those that give to Faith Promise. Thank you so much for all your giving and faithfulness. You guys can come up. I can talk while you stand behind me. <laughs> and I uh, just want to thank you. It's because of the Faith Promise that we're able to bring our missionaries back every year on a furlough. We fly them in from all across the nations. We all, this is the first time in three years due to the COVID and all the different flight restrictions that they're able to come all together. We've only missing one couple in East Asia that weren't able to make it. But other than that, we have all of our team together for the first time in three years. This week... This week, we had our retreat with them and had an amazing time together. I mean, you can imagine three years of catching up, and it was just glorious. And last night, we had, they gave feedback. Um, it was great to see so many there. Thank you for coming. And, um, and so what we want to do this morning is we, we'd like to just pray for them and bless them. I just want to also take this opportunity. We have people, so I'm not going to go through all of them, but we have from... Um, let me get it all right, Lesotho, um, Zimbabwe, Namibia, Middle East, and Russia, Armenia. Um, yes, I've covered it all. And of course, we've got e um, the um, Asia, East Asia as well. That's not here. Okay. I just want to take this opportunity as well and say, if God's been speaking to you about going to the nations and getting involved in the nations, then come and talk to us that we can start a journey and walk with you. Maybe God's been speaking to you and you just don't know what to do with it. And I thought just to put that out there. Okay, so we're going to pray for them. I just want to say thank you again for the faith promise. The faith promise is looking very good. We're halfway through the year. Remember our year is from September to August. And we're now halfway through, and God has been so faithful. We over, still over budget. In the, the income is over budget. You guys have been giving great, and we're so grateful that that um, you give so well, and we are able to support not only our missionaries but all the other the ministries and all the other different projects that we have as well. So I would like to ask you, as a, as an honor to our missionaries, if you would stand with me. And as an as honor and support to them, as we pray and we commission them again, as they go out, some of them will be spending some time with family, others will be leaving soon. And, uh, but as they go out again, and God willing, next year again, we'll be able to get them all together. There will be no COVID, no flight restrictions, and then we can all be together again. But let's commission them and send them out again this year. And so, Father, we rejoice. We rejoice over all the testimonies that have come from the nations, from this team of people that you called and, and sent out. And so, Father, I, I thank you, Jesus, that you are being glorified in the nations through them. Thank you that we can be a part in supporting them and giving to them and praying for them. And Lord, that together we can touch nations. And so, Father, as they go out now again over this next year, we want to bless them. I speak blessing over them. I speak blessing over their ministry, over their lives. Father, we speak health into, in, in their lives. Father, we speak that um, an anointing and a presence of the Lord as they go out and minister. And, and, and Father, protect them. We pray just for your angels to be about them and around them. And Lord, take, I pray for strategies, godly strategies in the, in the things that they are doing and where you want to take them. And so we bless them. And then Lord, we want to commission them and we want to send them out with our blessing, with your anointing and with your presence. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Pastor Louis. 
I think you can give a bigger round of applause in there. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Brian. So good morning, family. It's great to be together today in this uh, wonderful time of the year as we're starting to transition over seasons. It's been for a while now since earlier this year that I, I just had a sense that I'd love for us one Sunday to focus a little bit about praying for the nations. And uh, so because we are in a little bit of an in-between space, we finished our series last week and um, we have uh, you know, a bit of time before we move on to other things. I felt today would be a great opportunity. And as it happened, I had this in my heart to, pray, to talk about praying for the nations and for us to actually pray for the nations. And then it realized that these guys are going to be with us, the missionaries. And then also I heard that our prayer room that was focused on the Easter time is going to change from Monday and actually facilitate praying for the nations, which I didn't actually know uh, the team had planned. And so it just feels like there's a providence about today. And I think this is an important time together. But this day is all going to be about crowd participation. So this is going to involve you, and I'm going to start right now and involving you, and I'm going to ask you to please, if you don't mind, take out your phone or whatever device you can use at this point to quickly help me get some information from you. I'm not going to ask you for your bank details or anything like that, so don't worry. No, you don't have to get your banking app, but if you can take out your phone and if you can open up your browser, whichever browser you use uh, on the internet or whatever device you have, and on the screen now, they're going to put for you an, an address that you have to go to. And when you open it up there, you'll see at the top, it says www.menti.com. So type in that address into your browser, and it'll take you to a page. That page, don't worry, it's not going to use a lot of data. You'll see there's only a little block on the page that asks for a code. When you've opened up the page, that's 6991 you type in that number, and it's going to take you to that question, which you can answer then. So is that okay? Everybody that's joining us online, please do this with us also. Um, there's a QR code that if your phone can reach that, you can scan it. And now what will start happening is as you start answering the question, the nations will beginning to appear, appear on the screen. So please participate and tell us if you were born in a different nation, you come from a different nation, perhaps those online are in a different nation at the moment other than South Africa, then please put that in. Then we can start just giving a bit of a word cloud that'll tell us who we are engaging, which nations we are engaging with this morning. And as you can see that starting to happen already, isn't that beautiful to see? I don't know what Spath Africa is. I presume that is a spelling mistake. That just slipped in a little finger foible. We have 256, 260, 270, 280 participants already. So the more people type in, the, the more it'll actually give us a, a, just a good picture of who's with us today, which nations are represented. So... We'll just let that continue. Can you, can you see, obviously, the, the bigger the, the font of the nation, the more people represent that nation. So no surprise that South Africa is right there in the middle. Isn't that the universe is the way the universe is supposed to work? South Africa in the middle. I think, I think that just has a godly order about it. And then, obviously, we have Zimbabwe, which is so wonderful that we have many Zimbabweans with us. And then we can see there, it keeps moving, but Kenya, Zambia, Nigeria, Iswatini, Zambia, sorry, this is moving way too fast. Even America, Germany, Swiss people, people from Rwanda, people from Belgium, Malawi, the Congo, Lesotho. Wow. And that just keeps going. Gabon, Mexico, Chile, the DRC, Peru. Wow. Isn't that fantastic to see? Come on, let's just give it, let's the Lord a hand and be so thankful that we can be a community that is just so widely represented. You can keep on typing, and uh, we're going to just save that file once it is completed, and thank you for those that are online that are also doing that. The scripture is clear for us that God has a heart for the nations. God loves every nation on this planet. 
And ultimately, every nation will praise and worship and glorify the Lord. And so we have this privilege because we know God's heart for the nations that we can pray for the nations, that we can cooperate with God in his working in the nations and we can pray for the nations, that we can pray for the healing and for the goodness of God in our nation and every nation. And so this morning I want to talk a little bit quickly and then we're going to do it about how to pray for the healing of a nation. And I want to take that from 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14. 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14, this very well-known scripture, and we spoke about it last year, and so I just want to reiterate some of that and just guide us in this. 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. How many of you think we can do with some healing of the land? Can, can South Africa do with some healing of the land? Do you want our nation to be healed? Now, I think this, this scripture gives us a little bit of an ordered process about how to pray for the healing of a nation. And I'm going to focus on South Africa, but really this is applicable to any nation, and I want to include every nation in this. I think the three steps that follow in a certain order is this. The first step is that this scripture gives us is if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, will seek my face, and will pray. So the first step, if we want to see a nation healed, is we have to turn to God. Turn to God. But I want to ask you this question, who does the turning? In this verse, who is, are the ones that have to turn if we're going to see this nation healed? Who? If my people. Isn't it fantastic to realize that if we want South Africa to be healed, the healing begins with God's people, not the people out there. The ones that does the turning for a nation are God's people. Can I ask, how many God's people do we have in the room with us today? If you're online with us, just put a little hand up or something. We are God's people. If my people, who are called by my name, my family, if my people who are called by my name. And then it gives us some really strong actions to do. Will turn to me. That's an action. That is something that you have to do with intention. It doesn't just happen by accident. You have to decide, I'm going to turn. If you will humble yourself, again, do you feel the strength of that action? It's not just... Uh, I have to choose to humble myself. Will seek me. Why do we have to seek the Lord? I mean, doesn't God's people know him? Haven't they found him? Why do we seek him? Because we recognize that we are in a context where the Lord needs to be sought. Where the fullness of his grace, where that prayer that Jesus prayed, let your kingdom come on earth as in heaven, needs to be sought. It needs to be pursued. It needs people to want to have it. So we say, Lord, we will seek you, but it begins here with us. I think the first thing we have to recognize as God's people is that sometimes we do wander off the path, even ourselves, don't we? That the, the, the people of God can lose the plot. They can get a little bit caught up in things and begin to live in a life and live a way and that does not do, do a great job of representing the kingdom. So periodically, I think it's good on a broader, on a bigger level to actually stop and say, for the, for the people of God in any given nation, Lord, we turn to you. It's interesting for me, I'm just noticing, I've, in the last two weeks, I've received two invitations to meetings that are being organized by spiritual leaders in our nation to say, Lord, we need to return to you as a nation. God's people need to stop and recognize that we are wandering off the path. The, the first one that I've been invited to, and I'll probably go to, on, is on the 6th of May, around in Olivenote Bosch, and in that area, Deep Sluit, the ministers fraternals from there have, have, is combining, and they want to have a session of where they come and as the church to say, Lord, we want to repent of the blood that is being spilt in our nation, of the corruption. And they've asked me whether I wouldn't open the day for them in prayer. And then there's a second one that's a bit more national that'll be held also in May in Johannesburg. And 
I've been invited to attend, and which is a session all about coming as a nation. And to come and say, Lord, we need to turn to you with humility. We need to humble ourselves. We don't have it all together. We need you, Lord. That spirit of humility is necessary in God's people. And it's, it's the, the first step to take if you want to see a nation turn to the Lord. God's people. Us, you and me. Lord, we need to turn to you. But we turn not just because of ourselves. We turn on behalf of a nation. We have this intercessory responsibility and privilege to on behalf of a nation to stand before the Lord. To say, Lord, we know what's going on, but we turn to you. We bring our nation before you. We bring our people, we bring our context before you. And we say, Lord, we need your mercy, we need your grace, we need your forgiveness, we need your restoration, we need your healing. If my people, so the first thing is we turn to God. The second thing is not particularly caught up in this scripture, but I, I believe the rest of scripture supports this. When we turn to God, we also need to turn to each other. If you want to see a nation healed, there's a turning to God, and the beautiful thing that happens is as we turn to God, we are actually also turning to one another. I think first you need to turn to God. I don't think turning to one another will have the power of healing of a nation if it doesn't come from first turning to God. But as we turn to God, we also turn to one another. Jesus prayed in John 17, verse 20 and 21, in his high priestly prayer, he said this, my prayer is not for them alone, his disciples. I also pray for, the, pray for those who will follow, who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one Father, just as you and are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus pins the possibility for the world to believe on our unity with each other, on our love for one another. He says, if the world is going to believe, it will become possible because my people will become united. It is only because of God. And I believe because of the gospel story that there is a real possibility of unity within the diversity that we experience across the world and in a nation. I think it is the privilege that becomes possible for a people that are called by God's name to say that despite our history, despite what has gone on, despite the injustices that we've seen, despite even the present realities, the present struggle, the present injustice, the present just burdens of this world, we can experience a unifying beginning to take place and growing and taking shape among us. And I believe South Africa is, can be a great example of that. I think so much of that has already taken place, but we've still got a way to go. Where a nation of people can begin to bring glory to God because there's something that is being achieved that is higher than just being similar and uniformity, but true unity. Unity because we love one another. We celebrate each other. We are, we are not blind. In fact, we enjoy, we embrace. We even put a spotlight on the differences that we have. But we don't let those differences divide us. We let those differences complete us. Make us a fuller picture. Because our God in his wisdom chose that he cannot be represented by one type of person or one type of people or one group of people, but that he needs all of us together to represent him, to begin to form an idea of who he is because he is so much more than what we can even begin to fathom. And the only way we can do that is if we turn to one another. Can we truly turn to one another? Not just tolerate one another, not just allow for each other, but embrace each other, love each other. Be an, a nation in this nation, a community like this where there's so many stories, so much heritage, so much culture, so many languages, but we can all find a space where we can say we can be united. Isn't it so beautiful that there's no nation beyond redemption? There's no people group that God does not include. 
I mean, think of heaven, this beautiful picture that is painted for us in Revelation of every tribe, every tongue coming to praise the Lord and worship the Lord. I'm so glad that because of you, there will be a South African section in heaven with a vuvuzela. That'll irritate everybody else. Not only did we spoil the World Cup, but we'll spoil heaven forever. It's like, oh, come on, these South Africans. Aren't you glad there's going to be a Nigerian section of heaven? Now, I don't, I don't think there will be really sections, but you're trying to get my, you get my point. I, I think there will be some blocks in heaven. When we're worshiping the Lord, it'll be all nice. Standing in rows and orderly praise the Lord. You know? Those, those more European type people. Perhaps with their, with their ski, ski clothing on and, you know, winter booth, boots and, you know, praise the Lord. It's all nice and very, you know. And then next to them, you'll have an African section. Hey? <laughs> okay. and, and, and it's going to be a little bit more chaotic. Hey? A little bit more noisy. A, a little bit more. Hey? A little bit more. And then you're going to have an Asian section. I'm not even going to try and describe, you know. And it's going to be this fantastic, just beautiful expression. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation. Hey, come on. Come on. All together. But that becomes possible because the people of God can do that on earth already. We don't have to wait for heaven. We can do that right now. We have the reason, we have the foundation to hook arms with one another and say, I'm so glad you represent a people. You can bring your sound. You can bring your flavor. You can bring your language. And together we can praise the Lord. It's not, we all try and, I'm so glad I'm a Christian that Christianity doesn't expect of me to change my, my human expression. I don't have to become a different nationality to be a Christian. I can come as I am. I'm Afrikaans in my roots. And I'm thankful for that because God made me. I, I had nothing to do with it. I'm so glad that I can bring my culture, my language and submit it to the kingdom. And see it redeemed by the kingdom. There's certain parts that has to be dealt with. There's, there's certain things that, that I, I, if I look at it, I go. But I can never stop away, step away and say, I'm no longer that. I'm that. And in that, I bring that to the Lord. And he causes the beauty to rise. To, to bring the expression. But my culture can never fully express who God is. Uh, in Afrikaans, our God is a lot more formal than an English God. An English God, you talk about you. In Afrikaans, God, you talk about U, capital, big U, big, massive U. I came from an Afrikaans church, and it was like, you know, you were afraid of God because he's capital U. And I got into an English church, and something's changed in my life. I'm glad for some of that that I learned, and I'm so glad for other. And then I mixed, and I, I started going to a township church when I was 19. And I, I listened to, I, I was part of a church that spoke Isizulu and Sutu, and I didn't have a clue half the time what was going on. But I learned so much. When we were singing this Alpha and Omega, I couldn't help but hearing it in, in the vernacular and in the accent of the township and how they sing it. We are a people that is so returned to one another. No matter what the history is, no matter what the challenges is, we have something that goes above that. that. That is more than that. We have a place of healing. We have a place of restoration. We have a place where we can move forward. Not just be this nation where we all learn to live next to one another and make space for each other, but be this nation where we turn to one another. And that includes every person from every country, place that has come to live here. May we be a nation that turns to each other. There's no space for xenophobia. There's no space for racism, for sexism. Because we turn to our Father. 
And we're going to spend eternity together. You might as well get used to it now. John 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another, my house will be a house of prayer for all nations. All nations. We turn to each other. I believe if we turn to God and we turn to each other, it is then that we can turn to the nations. Now, I'm not saying we've got to get it perfect because that'll never happen. But I do think that's the intention. Lord, I come to you in humility and I ask you to forgive me. Forgive my people. Forgive us. Forgive us for our sin and our failure. For misrepresenting you. Lord, and then I can turn to others because I'm, I'm looking with them to a higher standard. I can be who I am and I can let that person be who they are because we're both being, trying to be who God wants us to be. When that happens and that is, turning, is happening in us, then we can turn to the nations because the scripture says, then I will hear from heaven. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Now, I do want to remind you that the context of where the scripture is written is a bit different than our context. We cannot claim this scripture as is for ourselves just because of this reality. This verse was prophetically spoken to a people, the Israelites, that had a covenant with God and was God's people under a theocracy governed by him through his institutions. We don't live in a nation like that. As far as I know, there's only one nation that ever had a covenant with God, and that was the Jewish nation. As far as I know, no other nation can make a covenant with God. It's not possible. Who will make that covenant? We don't live in a nation where we have a representative body that represents the whole nation before God, constitutionally, legally, in any way. We, do you know in South Africa, we live in what is constitutionally a secular nation. This is not a Christian nation constitutionally. It is a secular nation. Because we cannot let one religion rule over others on religion's basis. So we cannot say South Africa has a covenant with God. It's getting a little quiet here. I, as honestly, and I would welcome anybody to try and convince me differently from Scripture. I really would mean it. But I have not found in Scripture that any other nation has a covenant with God. There are promises that God can have for a nation. God can promise things, but it's not a covenant. You know what a difference is a covenant and a promise? A covenant is two parties agreeing together on something. But their agreement is not, is not conditional. It's when God says, I'm going to do this. And Abraham responds and says, I'm going to do this. Now, God is responsible for what he will do, and he will do it whether Abraham does what he's supposed to do or not. And Abraham is supposed to do what he must do, whether God does it or not. But because they are in relationship with one another, till they die, they will both keep their end of the covenant. God made a covenant with Israel. He didn't make a covenant with South Africa. But a promise is when God says, I will do this. I promise that I will do this for you. Now, normally a promise has a condition to it. If you do this, I will do this. That's a promise. God says, if you keep to the side, then, then this will become possible. I will be able to do this. God can give promises to a nation based on his word. And I believe he does that. I believe the scripture talks about his promises. But it's not a covenant. I think we get into trouble if we think nations have covenants with God. Because what that inevitably means is there are some nations that are a little closer to God than other nations. There are some people that can perhaps represent God a little bit more than what some others. Some have an inside track. It's like all the nations are standing before God and some nations are a little bit more forward than others. They're a little closer to God because they've had a covenant. So can, can, can Iraq... Be the same as America before God. Because in some nations you have a Christian population that you can count with two hands. In some nations there are millions. Does that, 
You can't, it doesn't work in Scripture. We cannot position ourselves to think South Africa. Now, if I say South Africa is a Christian nation, what I mean by that possibly, which I think is legitimate, is to say the bulk of the people in this nation are Christians. There are, there's a huge Christian influence, but it doesn't mean that this nation, and I don't, I don't want to get in trouble now. I don't know if we should get too hung up on whether this nation must have a Christian president with a Christian parliament, with Christian, you know, the Bible. I don't think, I don't know. I think when I pray for the healing of this nation, I'm praying from that perspective of knowing a nation is a construct that has a temporal value to it. And I'm a patriot. I love South Africa. I will always be South African. I, don't, I never want to leave this country. I will, I will give not my life necessarily as I would for Jesus because this is secondary to me. But it's, it's not the place where I find my identity. Because if you do that, you can break it down and then we start saying, you know, because I'm Afrikaner, I'm a little closer to God. I can't do that. I find no scriptural foundation for being able to do that. Does God love the Afrikaner? Does he love me being Afrikaans? Yes. But so he loves the next person for who they are and what they carry. I can't be the best Zulu that represents what a, a kingdom Zulu looks like. It's just not possible. I'm sorry. And I, I don't think I should even try. But I can value, support, embrace, turn to as I am trying to be. And, 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 and as, a, as I journey with the Lord, that nation thing starts moving, sort of, sort of, you know, retreats into the background because I want to love Jesus. So when we say, when God says, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and will heal their land, it's not quite the same as what it looks like in the Israel picture. It's a bit different. But God wants to heal our nation. God wants to see healing for South Africa, for its people. God wants to see healing for every nation on this earth, because that's who he is. But we live in this tension of a world with its systems. And how do we be the salt and the light in it? So I want to suggest five things to pray. And we're going to do that just now. How to pray for a nation. Five, five things. And I think these things follow in order again. I think the first thing you pray when you pray for a nation is you pray for the church in that nation. Whether that's the capital C church, the organized, gathered, you know, recognized church, or the lowercase c church, the individual church. And like I said earlier, some nations have huge, big, lots of churches. Some nations have hardly church. They have a scattering of believers. But we pray for the church in a nation. Because the church is the vehicle for that nation to know, express, the, and experience the kingdom of God. It is the church that has the mandate to spread the gospel, to witness to G, about Jesus. And the church in that nation, we need to pray. So when we pray for South Africa, I think the first thing is we pray for the church in South Africa. And can I tell you, the church in South Africa is under attack. And in my assessment, it is not firstly by the government. It's not even firstly by the state or secular organizations. We are under internal attack. Because of bad theology, bad doctrine, bad practices. We have compromised our ability to be good and faithful witnesses of the gospel on not everybody, not even most, but on a significant enough scale that is causing problems. And I, I can have conversations with you about that, but we need to pray for the nation, for the church in our nation, for returning to the core things of the gospel, to not be swept along by some half-truths, but to, to come to represent the Lord Jesus. I think the second thing we pray for is we pray for salvations and discipleship. I, I particularly include and discipleship because sometimes we think salvations is all we need. I, I think Africa, we can testify that we are the most evangelized nation in, or continent in, on the planet. I, th I, I don't know how many people in Africa has made a decision to follow Christ. The problem is we don't see that really following through and the transformational elements 
that I think we should see. And it's not people's fault. I'm not fighting with people. I'm just saying we need to pray not only that people get to know Jesus, but they get to live Jesus, live with Jesus in our continent and in our nation and in any nation of the world. Pray for people to come to know Jesus. Ultimately, that's the transformative agent of any nation is people getting to know Jesus, people coming to salvation and learning to know how to live like Jesus. Pray for salvations. Pray for people to get to know Jesus. And that is on your front line. I mean, that really breaks down to your front line. The third thing is pray for God's order. It's just another way of saying pray what Jesus prayed. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. God's order to be established. Do you think we need some God's order in South Africa? I think on the scale, the mass, the prevalence that we're seeing load shedding at the moment is a manifestation of a lack of God's order. I don't think that's always true necessarily, but I think possibly where we are now, there's some things that are out of God's order. The way things are being done is not according to God's order. And you can have good people wanting to do the best, but unless we pray for God's order. Let's pray for God's order in our nation, our health system, our, our social cohesion. Pray for God's order. Then I think we pray for just leadership. Pray for leaders that are leaders because they want to do the best for their people and they serve their people according to what is right and true. Now, that's, I separate. Pray for, peop, pray for people's individual salvation. I want to pray for every leader's individual salvation. But I also want to pray for them to be just, which can be independent of their salvation in some way. You can have a leader that serves people. They may not know Jesus but they can live according to the principles. Ultimately, I want them to know Jesus and to be saved. Amen? But in this, in this context, I pray for just leaders. Just leaders. And then the last one is we pray to break strongholds. And I think that's a particular element we have to remember as the church. And I want to read for you Ephesians 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in, the, and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces, evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand. Stand. But we know as Christians that there are spiritual forces and powers that are often behind the scenes busy with manipulating things. Now, I don't want to go too far with that. You can go too far with that, but I also don't want to make as if it doesn't exist. We need to find the healthy, balanced space where we can recognize what the Bible talks about, that there are spiritual powers that represent human power with a kind of demonic power mixed into it and behind it. We have to recognize that that exists. We have to recognize that there are forces of chaos and oppressive power that seeks to take the place of God in this world. That the enemy has set himself up to usurp God's power and God's order and God's authority and through intimidation, through deception, and, and through just lying to people, deception, he tries to gain space in places so that he can get a foothold and that foothold can grow into a stronghold and from there just steal, kill, and destroy. And I think we're seeing some of that happening in our nation. You see, and what can happen is why, and this is important to know, that our battle is not against flesh and blood. That doesn't mean we don't call out what is wrong. I mean, this past week I've been watching this whole story about the escape prisms and everything and I don't normally want to give a lot of time to things like that. But I think we have some problems when it comes to the basic failure of some of our systems and everybody just pointing a finger at somebody else. No, it's them. No, it's them. But you know, you can change the people in the political positions. If you don't change the spirit behind it, all that will happen is that person will come in and unless they're really intentional and understand it and really work hard over time, they will just become like the previous person. They'll just do the same thing and perhaps even do it a little bit worse. 
They may start off looking like absolutely the right person, but it doesn't take long then that intimidation, that deception, that manipulation begins to work. And either that person can't handle it anymore and they step out or they just bow to it. And, and there's only one group of people in the, in the nation, it's the church, that can stand up in the name of Jesus with humility, not pride, not pointing fingers, not anger, not fighting with people, but can stand up and say, in the name of Jesus, we see you. We see your spirit of manipulation. We see your lying spirit. We see your darkness. You see, because what happens is the more that these evil spirits take control, the greater the darkness happens to grow in a nation. That's what the scripture says. Now, we are called to be the salt and the light, and we keep fighting for the light, but the darkness increases in a nation, and it becomes harder and harder and harder to see God's order, to see God's work. Not impossible, but it just the enemy is stifling. But we never lose hope. We always stand. We take on our spiritual uh, weapons and we stand. And there comes times for the church to come together and to say, now we're going to stand and we're going to take authority. And I want us to do that this morning. But I want to remind you, if you want to see a nation healed, if my people. You see, I cannot stand against the spirit of corruption. But on the side, you don't have to pay me with money, but built on, you know. <laughs> Cook sisters, just load my boot with some cook sisters. Or coo sisters for the people from the Cape. What authority do I have to stand against the spirit of corruption, but I'm also corrupt? So that's why we always come first in the humility and we humble ourselves and we say, Lord, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn to me, pray and seek my face. If we turn to one another, we say, Lord, we, we, we want to do better. We want more. We don't want to be defined by the, the failures and the problems. We don't want to let our history dictate our future. We're going we're gonna to trust you for more. We're going we're gonna to learn what it means to love each other. And then we stand up and we pray. Then God can heal the land. Can I ask us to do that this morning? I'm going to ask you to stand with me. We're going to put those five things on the board, those five uh, Ways to, or five things that we can pray. First of all, we pray. I don't know why I close this. First of all, we pray for the church. Then we pray for salvation and disciples. We pray for God's order. We pray for just leadership. And we pray for strongholds to be broken. So, what I want to do is I want to ask you to pray. You came to church, there was a high likelihood that you were going to pray. This is not a movie. This is not a tennis club. This is church. Prayer is what we do. You can't go to the tennis club and then they give you a racket and complain because they gave you a racket. You went to the tennis club. You can't complain if you come to church and we ask you to pray. Sorry. Is that okay? I told you this is crowd participation. So I'm going to give you each section one of these points to pray for and I'm going to ask us for a couple of minutes to pray into that. I suggest, strong suggestion, but suggest because I'm kind, that you do three or four people. If you go 10 people, you can't hear each other, it's not going to work. So three, four, five people, however. Now I know, for some of you, you go, this is my worst nightmare coming through right now. I don't want to pray in public and I don't want to pray with people I don't know. That's okay. If you really don't want to pray, just fold your arms and stand like this. Then nobody will bother you. Okay. And so I'm not going to force you, but if you can, just turn to people. If you pray nothing, just pray quietly. That's also fine. Just pray that you've got somebody in your group that will do the praying for the rest of you. But we can turn together and pray. Not going to be long. So can I ask that this side block over here, you guys are going to pray for the church. And pray for the church in South Africa. Now this you can do for any nation, but we're going to, is it okay? We are in Pretoria, so we're going to pray for South Africa. And online, you online community, please join us in this. If you're with some people, join together. You can pray for whatever you want. This group, you're going to pray for the church. Everybody on the, this section, let me do an orderly. Everybody in this section here, this side of the middle block, if I can ask you to pray for salvations and discipleship of people in our nation. This block, if I can ask you to pray for God's order in our nation, load shedding included, um, please pray for that. If this middle section here, if I can ask you to pray for just leadership, and then because you are the higher people on the higher authority levels, everybody in the balcony, I'm going to ask you to pray 
and stand in authority to, tra- to, take hold, to break strongholds. So what that prayer may be a little bit more unusual, but just to say this, in the name of Jesus, Lord, Father, we thank you that every authority that sets itself up against your rule, we take authority and we break that down in the name of Jesus. Just pray something of that nature of what you feel. Is that okay? I'm going to give you about five minutes. Worship team, you guys can start joining me. And then we're going to sing, and then we're going to be done for the morning. So find four people that don't look too threatening. (laughs) Or five people. Please, those of you that are with us online, please won't you also take this opportunity to pray. Those that are listening on the radio, please take this opportunity and begin to pray. So as I've allocated to you, just pray. I'm going to give you about another minute. Thirty seconds, so the last person to pray. pray a prayer and ask us to stand together in this prayer and I would particularly pray a prayer of just taking authority over strongholds. Can we do that together? So let's just pray together. Those that are online with us, please join us as we stand in this. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you that we know that you are the final authority. That scripture is clear that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we know that the fulfillment of that will only come in the future when you have come to reestablish your kingdom in its fullness. But we thank you that right now you have given us the task to continue to build your kingdom, to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord, that you have placed us in nations, you have placed us in communities, you've placed us in our front lines and so that we can stand in authority, that we can discern, that we can have wisdom, 
to see the schemes and the, of the evil one, to see the forces that are at work behind the realities, behind the news, behind the, the stories of a nation and of a people and of a front line. And so today we stand in the name of Jesus. And as we look at our nation, Lord, we see the manipulation, we see the intimidation, we see the deception of the evil one. We see that he has taken control over some of the, the governing bodies in, in our nation, in local cities and metros, in towns. And Lord, we, we, we recognize, Father, that we have the authority to say in the name of Jesus, everything that has set itself up against the knowledge of God will fail, will fall in Jesus' name. That every weapon Every place that has been constructed to hold people captive, to keep people from the truth and the light, we cancel those things out today in Jesus' name. We bind the works of Satan in this nation, and we say that no more in Jesus' name. No more in Jesus' name. And we trust you for righteousness, justice, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that these spirits will be, their power will be broken, will be taken from them and that your kingdom come in South Africa as it is in heaven. And we trust you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 I want us to sing this song as a declaration. And as we sing it, I would love it if you can just put those five points down. And over these next weeks, pray one, pray them all, pray whatever. Remember, you can come to the prayer room and pray them in your community groups. Pray them with your friends. Pray them. Let's pray. Be a praying people in our nation. We thank you, Lord, that you have sent us. Some across the street, some across this, the nations. But you have sent every one of us. And Lord, we go from here. We go into our front line. And we go with courage and we go with character. And we go and make known that there is a Jesus who is on the throne. And that He is the highest authority. And people can play around, people can lie, people can do whatever they want. But it will never change that Jesus is on the throne. And we thank you, Lord, that that is true for all eternity. But right now, we can live that, we can declare that. And we speak that over this nation. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in South Africa as in heaven. And for every other nation that has been represented here today, that has been part of this service, we speak that over every nation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. May the Lord bless you. Go. Go and pray and go and be the salt and the light. Amen. If you want prayer this morning, please come to the front and our team will be here to pray with you. If you want to find out more about what it means to, to be a servant of Jesus, to be a Christian, come and ask them and they will help you. For those of you that want to go to the uh, Connect Lounge and meet with Letitia, please remember to do that.